Good morning, saints. Saints, love that word. Good morning, holy ones. Because the holy one on high has made us holy. It's awesome. I love that word, holy. The real, you know, we've said this before, but the essence of the meaning of the word holy is other. Other. We are other. We're not from this earth anymore, really. We're not from below, but from above. We have been made like unto him. He has made us holy and blameless. It's awesome. Well, this morning I've got one of my very good friends, Mark Shiver, here from North Carolina. He and his family came down for the conference. His wife, Tammy, and Jenny, his daughter, and Andy, his son. Can you all three just stand up briefly so I can see who you are? Awesome. They came all the way from North Carolina, and uh, they've been a blessing to us, and they've been blessed. And I asked Mark to share some thoughts this morning. Um, I just want to share a few things briefly, and I'm going to turn it over to Mark. Um, at, we ended the conference last night, um, or not last night, uh, Saturday, Saturday around noon. We ended the conference saying that the, the Scripture says that the Lord will confirm the word of his grace with signs and wonders. And I believe, saints, as we go, as we are growing in this revelation of Christ and this awesome grace and our union with him, that he will do exactly that. A big part of the spread of the gospel is the spread of the gospel in power. Paul said that the gospel is not in word only, but in power. And I believe that God is calling the church to believe for the miraculous as we have, as we see grace, as we see the finished work of Jesus, as we see the awesome love of God, as we see this awesome work of union to believe. Again, you may have been discouraged in the past and wondering why miracles were not happening or prayers were not answered or people were not getting healed or whatever, but this is a new day. It's a new day. God will not confirm the word of law and grace. He will not confirm mixture, but he will confirm the word of his grace. He's eager to do so because that's the only word that glorifies his son. The law glorifies the flesh. The flesh boasts that it can keep the law and do the law, and God's not going to confirm that. So it's really important I think it's really important, saints, that we, that we lift our eyes to uh, this new day and, and to believe for the impossible and see what he will do. Signs and wonders. I know already there have been signs and wonders that have followed people who have already come to this conference. Signs and wonders. Um, and the scripture says signs and wonders will follow. Sometimes it doesn't happen at the moment that... The scripture is going forth or people are talking, but it will follow them. They'll go home and something will happen to confirm something. It's really beautiful. Signs and wonders. There's a verse in Galatia that I love where Paul writes to the Galatians and he says, He who ministers the spirit to you and works miracles among you. I think it's chapter 2 of Galatians. He who, he who ministers the spirit to you and works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law? 
or does he do it through the hearing of faith? You see, Paul said the miraculous, one, one thing I love about that verse is that it, it just seems to say that miracles were, a com, were commonplace among the believers. So commonplace that he mentions it like in passing. He who ministers the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it because you're obedient to the law? Or do you, is he doing it because you've heard and believed? Isn't that awesome? So I'm excited about a whole new time that we're entering, a time of, of uh, joy, expectation, of power, of glory. Um, this is how the word spread in the book of Acts. Almost every chapter in the book of Acts, there was the demonstration of power accompanied by the gospel of grace. Paul said, I came not in the wisdom of men's teaching, but I come in the demonstration of the spirit and in power. And so as we really begin to see grace like never before, we can expect our king to confirm the word of his grace with signs and wonders. And what Mark's going to share a few thoughts about is the whole concept of, or the whole beautiful thing that the spirit has done in giving us all gifts, all gifts within us and um, how easy it, they should be exercised in a natural way in our day-to-day lives and so that God can, can do his, his works among us to confirm the word of the gospel, of the good news. It's awesome. So um, let me pray, and then I want Mark to come up, and, and um, we'll be blessed. This is going to be awesome. This conference was an awesome blessing. If you weren't able to come to the conference, please consider getting some of the DVDs, and you'll be really encouraged. It was, it was uh, groundbreaking, really awesome. Lord, we just thank you so much. Thank you for the saints who have come from all over, as far away as from Singapore, North Carolina, Indiana, Texas, Louisiana, Georgia, all over Florida. Lord, thank you so much for the people who watched live from the UK and from all over the world. Thank you for getting this word out, your word out. Lord, thank you for helping us see these things, these heavenly things. Lord, I pray that as Mark comes to share that by the spirit of God, we would be stirred to believe to believe, to see your hand doing what only you can do. Stirred to believe in a God who does speak, who does act, who does work miracles as we proclaim the word of your grace. Lord, thank you so much for your love. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And it's through that compassion that miracles happen. For you were moved with compassion and healed the sick. You were moved with compassion and the miracles happened. It's always that way. For God is love. And God so much wants to reveal his glory to his people. Thank you, Father, so much. 
Bless your people, your sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord. Be with Bo Williams as he speaks this morning in the main meeting in the worship team. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Good morning. Um, if we could turn these on after the class, I'd like to hang out in here. <clears throat> Whoops. Well, uh, my name is Mark, and I've got my iPhone. If I ever make it to be a full-time minister, I'll have an iPad to preach from. But this is the junior uh, thing. So, God is awesome. Have you heard that before in here? I want to ask you to do something. Stop calling it the grace message. It's not a message. It's not the shepherding movement, the discipleship movement, the charismatic movement. It is the word of the living God. He was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself. Not counting our sins against us. That's not a message. That is a living reality. It is the gospel. I call it the truth. A message will fade away. 2020, we'll be talking about something else. Well, we're the foot washing church. No. This is a radical move of God in the last days to restore to the church the truth. It's not a message. It's not going to fade away. When I heard James Barron over 20 years ago, I was sitting on the front row of a, of a church. My good friend Noel Cookman was here last week. The good thing about coming after someone is you can talk about them. And Noel was uh, our young adult pastor. And we were, you know, all just young and excited about the Lord and just really good legalists. And we decided, I don't know whose idea this was, but... We needed to be more vigorous in our prayer time and our seeking of God. So we were going to call each other at five o'clock in the morning and, and wake each other up so we could study the word and pray. And so, of course, I wasn't married and, and neither were the other guys on the leadership team, but Noel was. And so his wife quickly got tired of that. And one morning I called Noel. It was five o'clock and, and he was dead asleep. I could tell I'd woken up. And he said, brother, I'm on my knees. And he had nicknamed his bed, my knees. So if anyone asks you, are you getting up early? Say, I'm on my knees every morning. But um, I had gone through this the personal stuff. I don't have time to go into all that. But I was sitting in a church, and Noel was the pastor. And he announced that, well, Russ Parker's coming. And I was excited because Russ was part of a team that had helped build the church that I had uh, been a part of. And he's bringing this guy, James Barron, and he's an attorney, and he has a really cool understanding of law and grace. And I said, oh, boy, snooze time. Who wants to hear that? And I sat right there, second from the right, and for an hour and a half, I wept. And I was literally on the edge of my seat. And I tell you, if James had talked continuously until right now for over 20 years, I would still be in that seat listening because I'd never heard this before. 
the word of God being revealed. And so I've been messed up for 20 years. And here I am today before you as someone who is irrevocably changed by the word of God. By the gospel as shared by James Barron. I want to tell you that I don't believe that there are very many true apostles on this planet today. But James Barron is an apostle. Why? Because Paul said, I labor until Christ be formed in you. And that is his passion. That is his, uh, what wakes him up in the morning, what puts him to sleep at night. He is laboring till Christ be formed in you. He's not trying to teach you a message. He's trying to get Christ formed in you because that is the reality. He lives in you. Do you know that? I'm sure you've heard it, but do you really know it? Do you believe it? He lives in you this morning, right now. The creator of heaven and earth is living inside of you. He's living inside of me. It's awesome. It's huge. Absolutely. So I want you to understand, another earmark of an apostle is they can just flow in and out of the gifts of the Spirit with ease. James and I were, uh, he came to North Carolina a year ago and we went out to eat and we're sitting at the basketball tournaments on TV. We're in kind of a sports bar just hanging out and the waitress comes walking up. Her name was Dana. And all of a sudden James is like, well, Dana, you know, your dad was a minister and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you were just talking about Duke. I mean, you know, you didn't lift your hands or, ooh, huh, you know, just boom, reading this lady's mail. And it was so natural. And she left, and I said, well, James, that's not all God has to say to her. He said, cool. So he said, hey, Dana, come back. So he calls her over there, and I'm like, wait, I'm not ready. And she comes over there, and I said, Dana, you know what? Your identity for your whole life has been wrapped up in the fact that your dad was a pastor. But God knows you, Dana. He knows your name, and he wants your identity to be wrapped up in the fact that he knows you personally. And she's weeping. You know, we're eating wings. It's just awesome. It's easy. It's easy. I want to talk to you this morning about the nudge. What is the nudge? Well, people ask me all the time, how do you hear from God? What is your name? Shannon. Shannon, God says that in your deepest, quietest times, sometimes, even though you've been exposed to all of this awesomeness, you take out this little thing. I don't know what they call it, the diamond jewelers, and you look at your life, and it's like you're looking at the diamond, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. God, maybe, but uh uh-oh, there's a flaw. Don't you do that? Yes, you do. But you know what? There's no flaw. There's no flaw in you. Well, he's telling you right now, there is no flaw in you. You are perfect in Christ. You are made in his image. The power and the glory and the awesomeness and the reality of the creator of heaven and earth has made you in his image. There's no flaw in you. So quit looking for it. It's not there. The nudge. When I was a kid, we'd have the pastor over on Sunday sometimes. You know how it is. Mom always makes fried chicken. And in the South, anyway, in South Carolina where I grew up. So we're all around the dining room table. And there's a huge thing of fried chicken. And pastors can eat a lot. And so we get down, and there's one piece of chicken left. I'm looking at that thing. I'm like 10, 11 years old. And so I'm thinking, it's mine. I got my eye on this chicken. So I start to reach my hand up. And you know, as kids, you always look to, to your dad. So I look. And he gives me that look. And you know what? Every one of you have had that look before. That's how the Holy Spirit works. It's that feeling. 
inside of you. It's called a nudge. I call it that. It's not in scriptures. You know, maybe it is somewhere. But that knowing, it's that knowing. I knew. I better not stick my hand out there because he's going to slap it. Um, and so, and God's not trying to slap you, but I'm just saying the way you can determine if God is speaking to you is right in here. It's a nudge. I was at work the other day, and I know it's hard to believe, but I'm not perfect uh, in every way. I still have some, you know, areas that I'm, you know, I got jealous of this new hired girl. She's young. She's got this huge job, and James told me I needed to repent, and so I'm trying. But um, I came out of the elevator the other day, and she's walking by me. I got the nudge. And she walked past, and so she was out of my field of conversation. I said, hey, Sarah. She stops. And I said, you're doing a really good job. And she freaked out. Nobody had ever told her that. She wrote a thank you note and stuck it on my desk the next day. I can't tell you how much that meant to me. See? The nudge. All you got to do is just wait for it. It'll happen. You might be in, in uh, what do you all have here? Publix? You might be in Publix or wherever. And you're in that line with the cashier, and you can look at her, and the Holy Spirit says, you know, tell her I love her. What? I'm not doing that. Just do it. It's easy. It's the Spirit of God. You see, what's happening is we are all ingesting all of this truth, and if we're not careful, we're going to get fat. Paul said, what are you doing? You should be teachers. You're hung up on the milk. Well, you're not getting milk here, obviously. But the danger is that we just keep going from week to week. Oh, do you hear what James said? Oh, it's so awesome. Do you hear Clark? Oh, oh, oh. And God's saying, wait a minute. I live in you. And what do I do? I flow. It's a river of living water that flows out of them that believe. And God wants you to just be available. That's all. Say, okay, Holy Spirit, give me the nudge. Just nudge me. And... It works. It's awesome. He'll use you. Now, he might not use you prophetically. He might use you to, um, you know, you're, you're getting out of your car and your neighbor's uh, getting their groceries in. You know, fortunately, he doesn't make me do that. But, you know, you might be gifted with the gift of servitude. You know, you go over there and help them. And they're going, wow, this guy's helping me. That's really weird. Why are you helping me? Well, because the Spirit of God lives in me. Because I'm born again. Because the image of God is real. And I love you because he loves you. See, it's called opening doors. Look, God's not teaching you all of this for you to go home and go, oh, it's just great. No, there is a lost world that needs to know that God loves them. 20 years ago, I said the message of the truth of the gospel, not the grace message, the gospel will sweep this world. Just like when Martin Luther went and posted those 99 theses or whatever, on the door. And it turned the church upside down. So I'm reading Clark's book. Just like when Martin Luther... See? It's happening. It's happening. And I went up to him and I said, Hey, Clark, guess what? 20 years ago. And he's like, Oh, wow, that's really cool. You know? And I thought, Well, it was really cool you wrote that. So, you know, we're just really cool in each other. But <laughs> God is really cool. And he is so cool that... What is your name? Teresa? Teresa... God is singing over you when you sleep. I bet you didn't know that. I bet sometimes you go to bed so worried and so concerned about life. But God is singing over you. And he's dancing every now and then. He just gets around and he dances. And he says, look, Miss Teresa, I love her so much. It's my daughter. Uh, He loves you. He sings over you. Did you know that? Well, when you go to bed tonight, you close your eyes and go, wow. 
God singing over me. And you know what he's singing? He's not singing, I wish Teresa would do better. No. He's singing, I love Teresa. Teresa's awesome. Teresa's the apple of my eye. She's wonderful. I made her. I died for her. I love her. Receive the love of God. It's real. He sings over you. He does. He does. Because he sings over all of us his song of love. He loves us. He loves us. I just wanted to say Melchizedek. I've never said that in public before. So. Now I really feel like a man of God. But did you know that Melchizedek, he brought out the bread and the wine. And y'all probably know this, but it just occurred to me that this morning. Wow, that was a type of the communion. It's the body and the blood of Christ. He's our high priest. And you know what? Hebrews says Christ serves after the power of an endless life. He serves he took his blood. Hey, how about this? He not only was the high priest, but he was the sacrifice too. How does that work? He carried his own blood in there. That's awesome. And he put it on the mercy seat of heaven. And you know what? God is satisfied. He is completely and totally and thoroughly satisfied. And Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. And they just go, wow. There's our kids. They're learning. They're learning, God, that we love them. We love them, Father. They're finally getting it. And what's going to happen? This message is going to spread from this very room all across the country and all across the globe. It's happening now with people like Joseph Prince and others who are sharing unashamedly the gospel, the word of the living God. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Richard. Richard, you're not done. You're just not. God has so much for you. Not to do. I mean, I could say God has so much for you to do. But it's going to flow from who you are. Because you think sometimes, well, I'm getting kind of up there. Time to ease back. And No. Nah. You are going to be used by God to change lives. You are going to be used by God to change lives. I speak that over you in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would show Richard what that means. And may it be natural and easy, and may he walk in it and see it come to pass. In Jesus' name. And so, what are, we, what are we learning this morning? We're learning that it's so real. It's real. God lives in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we're not just eating to get fat. We're, we're taking in to give out. We're taking in to give out. And it's not a burden. It's easy. Wherever you are, just be aware. That's the only to-do list that I'm going to give you. Just say, God, make me aware. Make me aware. Because, see, he lives in you, and he loves the whole world. So as we are yielded to him, and his love begins to motivate us, then we're going to be able to be receptive to his nudges, to his little, uh, you know, urgings to minister to someone. You know, you'll be at work and somebody have an accident and they'll break their leg and you'll go, get that nudge. And you're going, oh, no, I don't want to pray for them. What if they don't get healed? The Holy Spirit's saying, go, do it, do it. Okay, Lord, in the name of Jesus, bam, somebody's healed. And all of a sudden, revival breaks out where you work because you got the nudge. And why did you get the nudge? Not because you're better or more spiritual, but because you know who you are. You know that the healer lives inside of you. And you're willing to let him heal. Did you realize, I wasn't going to say this this morning. The Holy Spirit wants me to tell you. 
Did you realize that when they took the sacrifice in once a year, they didn't beat the lamb? Did you know that? They took care of the lamb. He had to be spotless or else he couldn't sacrifice for the sins of the people. Why did Jesus allow himself to be beaten? That wasn't part of Leviticus or any of that. Take a heifer and beat it half to death. That's nowhere. (laughs) But the Lamb of God allowed himself to be beaten beyond recognition. Why? Because by his stripes we are healed. Well, God doesn't heal everybody. Look, his ways are higher than ours. I don't understand all that. But I know one thing. His word says by his stripes I'm healed. And you know what? I'm healed. I am healed because he got beaten half to death so that I could walk in divine health. I was driving down the road one day and he told me, he said, you know what? You believe to be saved, believe to be healed. Well, it doesn't always work. Well, I'm sorry. You know, you can ask him about that when you get in front of him face to face. You probably won't. You'll be so blown away by his awesomeness. But listen, they didn't beat the lamb. But the lamb allowed himself to be beaten. Do you know he could have told Pilate, ah, no, 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 you're not beating me. And we would be just as saved as we are right now. He added that in. Because by his stripes, we are healed. There's a rose in here. And, oh, wow, you're going to love this. Ma'am, what is your name? Margaret. God showed me a week ago that there was a rose in this room. And you see, a rose is made up of a lot of different petals. And sometimes as the rose gets older, they fall off. And you've been kind of concerned. Petals are starting to fall off. That's okay, because you're still a rose. You will always be a rose. You are a rose in the eyes of your father. You are beautiful beyond words. I cannot utter with the English language how beautiful God thinks you are. You are his rose. You are his rose forever. So, there's a, there's a tree in here. There he is. You're, what's your name behind Jeff? Tom. Tom. You are a, like a tree, big tree, and trees have bark on them, and they have branches and stuff, and God showed you to me, uh, actually about a month ago, he said, there's going to be a tree in there, and you need to tell him that the bark's not bad. You think some of your own natural personality and temperament is maybe gets in the way of, of being able to be a good Christian, but you know what? God made you the way you are. And he's satisfied with you and he's pleased with you. So quit trying to worry about the stuff that makes you, you. Because God made you, you. And he thinks you're pretty cool. And God is saying, you are going to be a place of shade for children of God. Birds come into trees, they rest. On a hot day, people love to get under a tree and be refreshed. You are the shade God is going to use you to give rest and refreshment to his children.
So I have no idea what time it is. Is it? Am I done? Two minutes? Okay. Um, I have an exhaustive uh, thing here. Let's turn to Leviticus. Okay, maybe not. Um, so what is happening here this morning? God has sent someone to you to tell you, number one, it's not a message. It is the truth. It is the gospel. It is the very essence of God himself. He loves you. And he died for you. So that you could be in union with him. In fellowship with him. Jesus said eternal life is knowing God. God wants you to know that he likes you. Well, I know he loves me more. But you know, hey man, God likes you. Do you know what I love to do in the spring? There's this giant funeral home near where we live. And they mow the grass. And I love the way it smells. Especially when somebody else mows it. And I'm driving down the road. And I'll roll my window down. I'll say, hey, Holy Spirit, you smell that? And he goes, yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? He likes what I like. He likes what you like. See? Quit being so spiritual. God loves you. He likes you. He wants to hang out with you. Why? Because eternal life is knowing him. And as you begin to know him more, you will become more sensitive to the nudge. And as you become sensitive to that, and his love permeates your mind and your awareness, you will see people and you will be able to say or to do something that will give them an encounter with the king of kings. Right? I, I think one more thing that I want to share is, I don't know your name, sir? Pat, Pat God loves you. He loves you without limit. He loves you deeply. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you radically. He loves you jealously. He loves you violently. He loves you when you're asleep. He loves you when you cannot love yourself. He loves you beyond your wildest ability to even begin to think. The love of God is surrounding you. And God is going to, 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 to give you an encounter with him very, very soon. And you're going to go, oh my gosh, what happened to me? God is on your trail. Why? Because you are special to him. And he has something special for you to do in his kingdom. And again, it's not a works thing. What do you got to do? God says, I love you. And I want to flow through you. Because there are people that you know that only you can change by the love of God in your heart. So let God love you. Let him love you. Let him love you. Okay, that's it. Yes. Father in heaven, in the name of your son, Jesus, Lord, I release blessing upon every person in this room. I speak boldness. I speak peace. And I speak an awareness, Lord. May they see in you such a great love not only for them, but for those around them, that they are willing to say, Lord, just flow through me. I pray that you would help us, each one, begin to be more sensitive to your stirrings, to reach out to those around us. And may signs and wonders follow your word, which is alive. I bless the saints, Lord, and I speak into them a release of every good gift Because every good and perfect thing comes from you. 
And I release into this place the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen.